Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, there's plenty of high-end talent on the Sens' blue line, from Thomas Shabbat to Jake Sanderson and Jacob Chikrin. So which one of them is going to lead the team in points? And Wednesday, it's time for a Sens Central Citizen. Today, it's Vic Gill. He tells us all about what it's like to be a Sens fan in the heart of enemy territory. The heart of enemy territory is where you can also find Scott Wheeler. He did his 2020 redraft with The Athletic, and I think Sens fans are going to have trouble getting mad at this list. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 847 of the Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. A reminder, you can subscribe to Locked On Senators wherever you get your podcasts. We're also free and available on YouTube. Today is Wednesday, July 26th. And Pilsy, our organizational value rankings are coming. They are spicier than my list of fruit rankings, but... Today we're talking about defensemen, and there's plenty to discuss when it comes to the offensive capabilities of the top three in particular. Yeah, we'll save your fruit rankings for the end because we got to have a discussion about that. But a great poll on Locked On Senators at Sen Central on, I almost said Twitter. Is it Twitter or X? X marks the spot where you find Twitter. All right. I like that. Um, so whatever you want to call it, you can find it there. Uh, this poll is actually... Pretty close right now, Ross. Maybe maybe you can pull it up here. But the question is, which Sens defenseman will get the met, net most sorry most points next season? And the options are Thomas Shabbat, Jacob Chikrin, and Jake Sanderson. I voted Thomas Shabbat. Uh, I think, yes, he did have a down year. I think a lot of Sens fans were hard on him. And there was a lot of kind of defensive laps that uh, were not great and did not uh, turn out in his favor. And some of them even cost the Sens valuable um, goals against and even sometimes the game. But we're talking about points here. And Thomas Shabbat has been leading this decor in points for a long time. And I really think that with Jake Sanderson emerging, taking some of that weight and responsibility off Thomas Shabbat's shoulders. He's going to be able to thrive more offensively and with hopefully having Jacob Chikrin as a defense partner, his easily his best defense partner, especially when you consider how much time he's played with Nikita Zaitsev, that's going to be a boost as well. So for my money, I'm with 35% of the people and I'm going Thomas Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat has led the defense in scoring for, I want, I'm still going right now. It's been uh, at least since before the pandemic. And even, let's see, 2018 19. Yep, he was there as well. How about 2017 18? Of course, that was Eric Carlson. So every year since Eric Carlson left, when Thomas Shabbat's been 22, now he's 27, uh, 26 rather, he's led this team in points. So not necessarily a hot take by you, Pilsy, but I do get where you're coming from with. 
the fact he's he's you know bound to rebound you got to think and i think one of the keys for this season is for thomas shabbat to to be a plus player and the points will come naturally through that now another i mean he still had 41 points like it's not it's not like it was an absolute disaster 41 points in 68 games for a defenseman that's pretty good yeah, it's not bad at all. It would actually be close to the career high of Jacob yeah. Chikrin, right? Or it's, it's not it's like past the career high of Chikrin, right? But how many years has Chikrin played a full eighty-two games? I think literally none. Never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotten a sixty-eight as a rookie at eighteen yeah. years old in the National Hockey League. Now there is a bit of a caveat. He played fifty-six out of fifty-six in the COVID shortened season and he had 41 points that year. So if you had a full season there, he also led the NHL in goals by a defenseman. This is kind of cool where the votes are coming in and you can see the update online. Nice. So I'll leave this here while we have this discussion as we continue and the poll will be available tomorrow. We, we are recording here Tuesday mid afternoon, uh, but that will be available. You can go have your say on Twitter at Send central. I think I'm going with Jacob Chikrin. Okay. And the, the reason being, if you look at his time in Arizona and now health permitted, he has to play 70 plus games for this to be a valid take. But we know that the shot's elite. We know he like we saw him rip one against Columbus in his first home game with the Senators. The shot's elite. And I don't think he's been able to get as many, you know, secondary assists with Arizona where he just starts to play and it kind of the rest of the talent around him pushes the puck into the net. Whereas I think he's going to get that in Ottawa, playing with offensively gifted players. If he's with Shabbat, I think he's going to you know, piggyback a little bit off Shabbat's primary assists at time to time. But I think the goal scoring for Jacob Chikrin is why I have him a little bit ahead. And when you look at the Senators' power play, which we're going to save for a separate discussion, yeah. but I think there's an argument to be made with all the playmakers and how they like to use Timmy on the half wall on one side. He's a great playmaker that maybe you want Chikrin to be at the top of the umbrella to just fire pucks on net. Cause we know that the, the, the not problem, but the criticism of Thomas Shabbat's game is that he takes that extra split second to decide on what he's going to do on the power play. Whereas Chikrin, if his motto is just wind up fire, whenever you get it and let Brady get all the garbage in front for rebounds. I think that could be a pretty successful strategy on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. I, I for me though, Ross Chikrin was, an easy third place for me. I'm surprised that 37 and a half people, the majority um, of the votes are leading towards chicken because I was deciding between Shabbat and Sanderson. And I think Sanderson's kind of getting left out here because he was so good when chicken and Shabbat were out. Like even I remember having the mindset that even with Shabbat and Chikrin coming back in, I would still put Sanderson as the defenseman on PP1. Like, even if they were healthy, I would still choose Sanderson. Because the thing is, you talk about Chikrin on the power play with that shot. They have so many shooters. I want a facilitator more than a shooter as my defenseman on that top power play because there's so many shooting options. And Chikrin's the type of guy where he's going to blast it like he did that Columbus goal you're talking about, and he's going to beat a goalie clean. Whereas I want a defenseman that's going to feather those pucks in. You're going to get tips, rebounds, deflections, all those sorts of things. And that can skate the line nicely. And that's going to be able to facilitate the cycle. And I think Sanderson would do a better job of that than Jacob Chikrin. So for me, I gave it to Shabbat just because I still think as far as points goes, he's going to have the edge over Sanderson. But if, if you ask me this next season, I'm probably going Sanderson. So, Because Chikrin for me is about the shot and the defensive uh, abilities to break down 
other opponents in transition. It's not so much about him being a finesse guy and getting points and carrying the puck up the ice, right? So that's just my opinion. For me, it's it's Shabbat, Sanderson, Ben Chikram. I think there is something to be said at the fact that, and yes, I know the other guys got hurt for a certain part of the last stretch, but Jake Sanderson actually led this team in ice time in the final 22 games, played oh, 23 yeah. 47. Uh, I'm curious how much of it actually came on the power play. I'm going to look that up right now. But when you, when you have a guy who is just scratching the surface, it's, it's hard to bet against it. I, I get where you're coming from on that. When you go power play time on ice, and this is just from March 2nd. So when Jacob Chikrin was acquired to the Ottawa Senators, Jake Sanderson averaged 326 on the power play, Shabbat 251, and Chikrin 210. So yeah, power play wise, at least from that small sample size, there is a case to be made that Jake Sanderson will get those opportunities, but it's a good problem to have. Is it not, Pills? Oh, it's a great problem to have. I mean, Ross, if you would have put this poll up the last four years, you would have got laughed out of Twitter or out of X because it would have been 98% voting Thomas Shabbat and the other 2% just being trolls. So, like, like Riley. <laughs> yeah, Mike Riley, look out. Or or just Brandy stands that were waiting for him to burst through this, uh, the scene. We actually got three people comment saying Brandstrom. <laughs> no. He took a step. Yeah, but is he going to... I don't even think Brandy will have more points than any three of these guys, let alone the I most you're on the be team. like Stube or someone. <laughs> no, I, mean, no, I think Brandy will be, Brandy will be number four. I, I don't think know? that's that crazy. It wasn't last year. Zub had more, or no, Hamannick. Hamannick had more. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll probably won't be seeing Hamannick playing top four minutes and paired with Jake Sanderson again, though. Oh, which, which or is- any power play time. He got power play time last season. Uh, he had more power play goals than the Brandy did. Yeah. No, no, all jokes aside, though, because obviously Hamannick, we've always been in his corner as a depth guy on this team. And hopefully that, I mean, his salary reflects that's where he's going to play as a, either a bottom pair or a seventh defenseman. But, hey, good problems to have at the top. You have J- Jacob Chikrin had 18 goals in 56 games in that COVID-shortened season. Last year had 9 in 48. 33 points in 48 games, though, Pilsy. Like, that's the thing. It's all about staying healthy with Jake Sanders or yeah. Jacob Chikrin. And that's why I think you get that that pushback from where you're saying the chicken was a far third because points per game, he's, he's like right up on par. It's just how often is he going to play that full amount of games? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. Uh, Obviously I'm hoping he stays healthy as, as long as possible, but I think we kind of have to expect him to have a couple injuries throughout the season, hopefully not major, but it, like for me, I'm kind of setting my expectations at uh, Jacob Chikrin playing 65 games. Because you know, with Jacob Chikrin, you know how when he came in, we we realized like he was just focusing on the defense, especially on the road those first oh, yeah. couple games. Uh, him with the Sens and Jacob Jake Sanderson had identical points per game with with Ottawa last year. Kind of a, a funny uh, thing there. But let us know in the comments, Jacob Chikrin, Jake Sanderson. Thomas Shabbat, who will lead the Ottawa Senators in points by a defenseman? I got Chikrin. Pilsy's got uh, Thomas Shabbat. But uh, Pilsy's kind of hitching his wagon to two out of the three here, just going all against me here. So um, two out of three ain't bad, but I'm taking Jacob Chikrin for myself. We got plenty more to discuss when it comes to different Senators topics. But when we talk about Jake Sanderson, you have to remember the 2020 draft. We're going to get to Scott Wheeler's redraft of 2020. I think Sens fans will be pretty happy to see what's at the top of that list. And we've got a Sens Central citizen to get to. That's all next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. They are the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. They're America's number one sportsbook for crying out loud. You'd be silly to go anywhere else. And if you're looking at other options, you can take your first swing at betting MLB baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So if you bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's the key right there. I've been having some luck betting on the Jays. The Jays are out West right now. So right before bed, I just put a couple shekels on the money line and then wake up with some green numbers like it did last night. And you can do the same all betting on the best sportsbook app there is. It's safe, secure, super easy to use on FanDuel. You get those green numbers instantly. There's no better place to bet on baseball than FanDuel. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. I always wake up in cold sweats, dreaming about the day I can get back to Shawarma Palace. I need my fix. And you can get yours at any of Shawarma Palace's seven locations in Ottawa. You can also follow them on Instagram, Shawarma Palace Ottawa, and find out where the Shawarma, like what should we even call it, the Shawarma Caravan? We need to get a name for this thing. They've got on-the-go Shawarma that can come to an event near you. So go check them out, Shawarma Palace, Ottawa. You can find them in the St. Laurent Shopping Center. You can find them on Rideau Street, my favorite location, the flagship store, if I will, at Chapel Street right by Augusta. You've got Bank and Hunt Club. You've got Bank and Centertown right by Gladstone. You've got Carleton University Campus. You are never too far away from a Shawarma Palace. I get the platter. I get the chicken platter with the extra garlic sauce. Pillsy's a wrap guy. He loves how they put the press on it, and you get those like grill, that heat grill on it on the outside it's so delicious and you can also get their iconic roasted potatoes with garlic sauce rosemary the whole bit so good so tasty get fuel filled at shawarma palace if you want them to bring it to you just go through uber eat so eat like a king eat like a queen eat at shawarma palace proud sponsor locked on senator so let them know that we sent you to shawarma palace oh i can't wait to get my hands on a shawarma palace all right, now let's get to today's Send Central citizen. Here is Vic Gill. All right, we now welcome on this week's Send Central citizen. We're bringing on Vic Gill. Vic, what's going on, man? Welcome to Locked On Senators. Well, thank you, guys. Welcome. To be- pleasure to be here. Uh, looking forward to speaking to you guys for a very long time. Well, you know what's awesome is seeing a guy we know is in the heart of enemy territory rocking a Brady Kachuk jersey. How'd you become a Sens fan over in the GTA? Um, I guess just growing up as a kid, uh, it was either, well, I, I actually, it was, I grew up in the, around the GTA. So as I was growing up that we had the, the pizza line, the Ray Emery yeah. time. So I think around that times when I fell in love with the team was president's trophy team, um, Leafs sucked. So it just gave me another point to, <laughs> to, to make fun of, and then just ride or die since then. So living in the GTA, how did you avoid being a Leafs fan? Like were family and friends all Leafs fans too? And you just said, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this situation. And like you mentioned, uh, the Sens were hot at that time. So that's where you decided to pledge your allegiance or how did that all shape out? Yeah, that, that was that was basically it. everybody was like a Leaf fan and family friends. And then at that time, you know, I was just starting to get into hockey and I was like, the Sens are good. And then I just picked the Sens and then that's been that. 
Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a good time to get in. So you mentioned the pizza line, Ray Emery. What are your, some of your earliest memories as a Sens fan? Um, it was, it was that Ray Emery time when Ray Emery just took the team on his back and took him to the, the, I believe it was the 07 final against Anaheim. It was a heartbreaker, but, uh, Razors was like one of my like favorite players growing up is what really got me into that. And then the, the downfall of the team afterwards was kind of heartbreaking, but it was, it was good. I like that. Always, always have time for some Ray Emery love. That season was wild because that was a season where he fought Marty Biron, fought Andrew Peters, <laughs> and got suspended for, I think it was slashing Maxine Lapierre or somebody yeah. across the face in Montreal. And I think it was the game he came back from that where everything hit the fan in, in Buffalo. But, man, he really grabbed the uh, the bull by the horns and, and took that team on uh, on a great playoff run. So he's, he's an all-time favorite for me uh, as well. Have you ever gotten to see the Sens live, Vic? No, I'm trying to actually go to the the home opener this yes. year. I've been trying to <laughs> drag some people in to finally be like, come, let's just watch <laughs> a game in Ottawa. Yeah, that's a must, man. They're playing Philly too, so you get a little ceremony for Claude Giroux's uh, thousandth point as well. So, no, yeah. I, I think that's a must. And especially, Pilsy, if you're going to go to a, a Sens game for the first time, like, Home opener, playoffs, like those would be the two that I'd recommend. Yeah, the, the home opener is an absolute blast. Like I, I'm gonna pretty much vow to go to every home opener for the rest of my life. It's it's can't miss opportunity, and especially finally, it's on a Saturday. Now it is a matinee game. I can't decide if I like that more or or less, but Saturday game at home and up against a a weaker opponent, so. <laughs> It's shaping up to be one hell of a day. Well, last yeah. year the home opener turned out well against a very good opponent. Yeah, and what that was that was a Tuesday night. So yeah, That's Tuesday of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was no, uh, jumping off the couches for that game. It was like oh. a like I they came out of nowhere. Who's uh, who's your favorite player on the team right now? Uh, let's say outside of Brady Kachuk. <laughs> I was gonna say I think I might know the answer to that. Or one. we can see the C on, on your jersey. Who else uh, gets you fired up? Uh, Timmy's up there. Um, Drake, well, the whole top six, to be honest with you, Chikrin. I was ecstatic when we signed Chikrin. Shabbat's, I've been a long time Shabbat fan too. Shabbat's the other jersey that I have as well. Um, actually, I have a pretty solid jersey collection. Let's hear it. Uh, Who do you, what do you have? Right now, I have Carlson. I'm trying to find an Alfredson one. Uh, okay. I've obviously Kachuk. Um, Shabbat, I also have Stutzel. I'm going to get once uh, around the home opener, going to visit the Sand Shop to get a Stutzel one. Nice. My goal is to try to get one like every year so i can get like the the whole top six and then eventually wake my way down to the decor and then who knows i might get a uh a goalie one soon too as well i well, mean like- Jonas corpusalo five-year deal that's a good investment yeah yeah i mean or i mean if you could find a ray emery one that would be all time pulling up to the the home opener with a ray emery jersey come on yeah for sure it, and- it's, it's hard to find it's like uh you gotta go deep into ottawa somewhere to find them I feel like the Ray Emery jersey you need is one of the red ones. Like that's what I picture Ray Emery in yeah. the, the old red ones, the 3D logos. Wait, sure. the old 3D, like the Senegoth? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, he, he stuck around, I think, for a year, maybe a year and a half after they switched the jersey. But no, like the 07 Cup Final. Man, get it with the 07 Cup Final patch. Now we're really cooking. Man, a lot of those jerseys are, are guys who haven't been on the team for for that long so you've been on a bit of a rampage over the last little while hey yeah, yeah for sure i've been uh that that ray emery jersey though like uh, like I, I don't know where like i'm gonna find it it's gonna take forever to to look for it. you gotta, you gotta probably yeah okay sometimes or 
what if you're looking for specialty jerseys like that check out like flea markets and things like that like you'll be amazed at what you can find in a random market for like 15 bucks especially in the gta you can find probably cheap sense jerseys that are just like buried in uh yeah. in the back wardrobes of those markets i picked up actually funny you mentioned that. i picked up a random stoner uh mark stone shirt and there's like random players minus stone stones obviously not a random player but a few other ones like uh like a vermet one i randomly found one day nice that's awesome yeah i got my yeah. alfredson uh, my white alfredson jersey with the c perfect condition at uh, at a toronto store yeah. it was just closing and i was walking by and there was a sense jersey hanging up in the window i said how much he said how about ten dollars for it <laughs> sure i guess i can do that and so yeah always keep your eye out around there man for sure oh for sure so what are you thinking about the team this year you think they've got a good shot at playoffs the way they're currently constructed um, I, I think, I think, yeah, they'll, they'll be pretty solid. Like, I think our biggest problem last year was that our, um, decor wasn't there in a full year. Chikrin, development of Sanderson, Shabbat, I feel like we'll do better with like less time. Uh, cause now it's, he doesn't have to carry the load, right? It's kind of evenly spread out amongst even, I would say the, the entire six decor, like everybody. And then I, I kind of feel like that's what let us down last year. So even though we lost to Brinkett, I think similar to what uh, Brandon's been saying, we, we really didn't need like a top six guy. We needed like a five, six guy. And I think Kubilak fills that role. And then Josh Norris comes back, right? So you get your 30, 40 goals back. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we'll be solid. I think we just kind of need to figure out what the bottom six will look like. Um, let's see what uh, Pierre Dorian pulls out in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we get Tarasenko or one of those guys, Tatar, that we've been looking at. Uh, I think I'm losing hope as the months go on though. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on that is you, you mentioned a couple options there, but not what do you want to happen, but what do you think will happen? Like, do you, do you think Pierre's just going to sign the RFAs and roll into the season like this? Or do you think there's one more move that he's going to do? I think as the time goes on, I think uh, Pinto's probably the only person that like they're left. Well, Igor as well too. Um, and then once they sign those two, I, I don't think he's got another move in the bank unless he pulls one out of the, like his hat the last second. I think we're pretty much the team set, and then we're kind of just banking on, I guess, Igor Ridley or one of those guys to have like a breakout season. Yeah, is there one of them out of all the prospects who you're hoping really takes a step forward this year? Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be Ridley. I think Ridley uh, with yeah. a year under his belt, you know, a little bit more muscle, a little bit more size. I think he'll have a breakthrough season this year. Nice. And uh, let's let's shift to, to Belleville and prospect talk a little bit. Who, who's someone of uh, up and coming sense that uh, either in their perspective, uh, respective junior or college uh, league or in Belleville that you think is going to pop off this year? Um, I think I think Crooker is probably going to start his season down there and I think he'll probably have another like hopefully injury free season. And I think he'll he'll do good. Um, the. I'm trying to think of the defenseman, the one that we got back just now, Sabrango, right? Correct. Yeah, Donovan Sabrango. Yep. I, I think I think he'll have a good season down there with that defensive structure as well, and then hopefully like the goalies either. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Mads is probably going to spend his time down there, and so is um, Mandalazy. So one of those two, I think, with especially Mando actually with his time in the ECHL, I believe that he had the playoff experience. Yep. I think another year in process, like in in developmental, will do good for him as well. And then we also got. Uh, 
I think I don't I don't think Boucher is gonna spend a lot of time down there. I think oh, he might ooh. be I think Tyler Boucher might be up before Christmas. Who plays uh, more right. NHL games in the next two seasons? Who plays more NHL games in the next two seasons? Tyler Boucher or Igor Sokolov? Oh, that's a – I'm just going to say uh, rationally I think it's going to be Igor. Uh, emotionally, my heart wants Tyler Boucher to play more games. But I think Igor, just the way he plays, he skates, he kind of just fits that bottom six mold that they need. Uh, Boucher, I think they're just going to let him marinate for like another year or so. Yeah, hasn't played many games, right? He kind of got yeah. screwed yeah. with COVID initially where where it's just like you can't find ice time. Like if you go to his elite prospects, like I think the most games he's played in a season since he was a kid is like 20, 25. Yeah. It feels like he needs really to just get down there and, and play consistently and, and get a chance to take another step. I only asked the question, like they're both right wing. They're both, you know, up and coming where it's like how many spots are going to be available if this team's competing where, where you need these guys to kind of plug and play. But if they're good enough, maybe they, they're going to need their own ice time. So I, I'm curious about those two going into camp. I'm also thinking maybe Roby Yarventi gets his first NHL games this year as well. Second round pick from 2020. But if there's one thing that makes you nervous going into this season, if things aren't going to go well, where do you think the most likely area that would be? I think it's just uh, like our injuries. Like I'm, I'm afraid of Josh Norris's sort of shoulder. Uh, Chikrin's like health has also been in question. Uh, Shabbat's never played like a full season. I think the past two or three seasons. And then who knows what Forsberg's knees are going to be like. Uh, I know he's been skating over the summer and he's probably been, I think since the beginning of this year, he's been relatively healthy. He's been skating. So hopefully like, you know, full recovery, but, um, and I also actually, it's his MCL. So I think MCL is easier to recover from than your ACL. So, but there's a lot of like injury concerns just coming out of last year. You're kind (laughs) of, you got PTSD (laughs) from all the injuries we got. Yeah, that was the nightmare of last season. That press box was packed at the, the end of the year with all the players up there. So hopefully we don't see that again this year. Now, Vic, final question for me, and thanks for joining us. This has been awesome. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not really a question. It's uh, more, I like to do this with Send Central Citizens, just opening the floor up to you. Is there is there a story you had loaded uh, that you wanted to tell or a hot take you had? Because uh, I, I hate it when we finish a Sense Central Citizen and they're like, oh, I forgot to talk about this or I wanted to say this. We didn't get to it. So floor is yours. Um, I, I, I don't have like a hot take or anything, but I, I do think like uh, Timmy's going to break through 100 this year. I have like Ooh. a feeling in my gut that he's probably going to break through. And then, you know what, what wildest, hottest take? Uh, I think uh, Brady wins the the heart trophy. Is what I'm gonna throw. Oh, okay. <laughs> I that's put spicy. I put money on it. So so let's see. Woo! If Brady wins the heart trophy, then they're making the playoffs. I'll tell you that for free. So my yeah. final question, Vic, and we appreciate you joining us, is if the Senators do make the playoffs in the Atlantic Division, which team is going to be out that made it last year for Ottawa to jump in? I think. Boston. I've been banking on like the demise of Boston for like the past two years. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to remember who else is in the division. Well, Toronto, and I think, Florida. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go with Boston, and then maybe we'll we'll see what I think. Like between us and Florida, like if Florida didn't get hot right when we got cold, like that could have been Ottawa easily. Mm-hmm. And the thing too is Florida had those those really tough. I'm not sure about their status for the start of the season, but I don't know if Matthew Kachuk coming off his his uh, 
Sternum or Ekblad. These guys had some pretty serious injuries. So I don't know if they're going to cut. Well, you know what? We're talking ourselves kind of like we did with Boston last year. Oh, no McAvoy and, you know, no Marshan to start the season. But, hey, Vic's going for the king, going for the number one team in the NHL, saying they're going to miss. And Brady's going to lead the Ottawa Senators to a playoff spot. You can go follow Vic on Twitter at Vic Gill. And you can also subscribe to the Locked On Senators YouTube channel and wherever you download your podcast. Vic, we appreciate you being a Sen Central citizen, man. It was great catching up with you. And we're looking forward to seeing you guaranteed at the home opener. For sure. I'll yes. make sure I reach out to you guys. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You can find the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street. Great people. Great events, and that's something that Pilsy we got to touch on because the events at the Glebe Central Pub, I feel like, is what separates. There's restaurants all over the place, but it really makes it feel like a community. Oh, absolutely! And Ross, one one day we got to get uh, down there for the Battle Bots nights. Like I, I've caught a bit of Battle Bots, but like it'd be fun to get there and fully be invested and uh, to spend the whole night just having drinks, having food, having some good laughs, and watching some of the the crazy battles that go on in that show. Oh my well, god! You can also at Gleep Central Pub find out when live music is going on. You can follow them on Instagram at. Glebe Central Pub. And that's well that well coming up on hockey season, that's where things are going to get really insane when we got the shuttle back, the send shuttle to and from the CTC. But hey, the Women's World Cup's on. And we know the Glebe Central Pub is a soccer supporter bar. Atletico Ottawa making their run at the Premier League Cup. And how about Red Blacks football? Whenever you're heading down to Lansdowne, make sure you stop at the Glebe Central Pub. You can find them in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. And make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy, final segment on this Wednesday show. A reminder that you can follow the show on Twitter, at Central and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. We also want to let you know that the season is coming up And if you or anyone you know has a small business or large in Ottawa and you want to really cater to the demographic of Ottawa Senators fans, give us a shout. You can find our contact info in our YouTube bio or you can reach out to us on Twitter at Send Central. DMs are open there if you'd like to advertise with Locked On Senators. All right, Pilsy, Scott Wheeler. What a love-hate relationship Senators fans have had with Scott, eh? Yeah, but I mean, there's one thing I always give Scott credit for is he he'll push back and he he won't take it personal. Like it's not like someone will get mad at his list and it's like instant block or anything like that. He'll push back. He's he's taking bets with people how draft picks are going to do, and uh, Scott's always very generous with his time uh, with us on this show. So I got nothing but love for Scott. I was almost going to quote tweet it, but I didn't want him to take it the wrong way. Um, I was going to say we should send him farm to fork meat delivery more often because I think that might have been the final push that he needed to put Jake Sanderson at number two. I don't know, Ross. I don't think you need any sort of bribery or uh, coercing to have Timmy and Jake Sanderson as the top guys from that draft because it, like, I would love to watch someone try to argue otherwise. Like, it would be. It would be embarrassing to try to argue otherwise. I don't even think Alexi Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield's parents would argue that Tim Stusla shouldn't have been number one. No, no, definitely. So all that said, Tim Stutzla, number one, Jake Sanderson, number two. And you know what the cherry on top is? 
of Jake Sanderson being number two? That Detroit Red Wings fans can get mad that Lucas Raymond is behind Jake Sanderson at number three. So I got a good kick out of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hey, everybody likes to chirp the Sens drafting. Now, mind you, when you have a third and fifth overall, you better hope to hit those. But my rebuttal would be if you had a first, second, or fourth pick, you'd hope to hit better on those too. So that was just a great draft for the Sens. And it it was awesome that that's the time they had all those draft picks, Ross, because we went hundreds of days without NHL hockey. So we got to dive into that one. 310 days between Ottawa Senators games. Like, do you remember those times? It was a different world. It it seriously was a different world, yes. I also think that Scott specifically put this sentence in for us on this redraft, okay? Uh, I should mention, Ridley Gregg, he has at 25 in his redraft, and you might remember he had him at 64 in his final rankings. Um, so, all right, this is this is the quote from Scott Wheeler. There's an excerpt from my draft board on Greg. As it turns out, getting the most of himself and climbing my board is exactly what he did. That's 0 for 3 for Scott on Sen's first round picks for those keeping track at home. (laughs) Who would be keeping track at home? I wonder. I don't know. Couldn't be us. Uh, But funny enough, Scott actually, I'd already reached out to him uh, because he did his top 50 list of drafted prospects. And I told him, I said, I'm mad. I'm mad that I can't get mad at your list because obviously the senators have graduated so many of their young prospects right now, but he's going to come on the show August 11th, August 11th. While Pilsy is on a plane to Winnipeg for my wedding, he's going to be on locked on senators. We're going to record it the day before. So already had that in the bank that that was already planned. And now here we go. Scott Wheeler. Now a man of the people on sends Twitter for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. He does do these though. Right, because I think it's it's a lesson to be learned for uh, fans who are super critical the day of the draft, and it's also a lesson to be learned for Scott and others who do these rankings. And I, I appreciate that they do these rankings. Draft season would be very boring without them. But th- there's there's always it's the hardest thing to do is project how a 17, 18 year old kid is going to mature in five six years. So I do think that there's lessons to be learned on both sides about maybe not being so combative. When like, yeah, you can have your guys, but to have like a, a firm opinion that, that you don't have any room to listen to the other side on, it's just kind of, it only sets yourself up for failure on both sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think you can do that, Ross. Like we also, we are in the entertainment business, so you can't, you can't be kind of, I don't know the right word I'm looking for. You can't have a fence. Yeah, you can't sit on the fence for every single prospect. Some of them you got to put your stamp on. You're like, this guy's going to be amazing. Some of them you got to be like, I I, I don't buy it with this guy. And I've had some prospects where I've had that. Awful pick. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I wouldn't uh, try not to use that wording. Uh, There's there's different ways around it, like we've talked about before. But yes, that's why I respect Scott because he'll revisit things. And he doesn't just, he doesn't just play the highlights of his home runs. He'll he'll show the strikeouts as well. So I, again, nothing but love and respect for Scott Wheeler. Great guy. Final final question or yeah, question for you about Scott Wheeler's redraft. Uh, and Sens fans, I know you're probably going to grit your teeth when you hear this. Uh, if the Rangers drafted Tim Stutzler, do they have a Stanley Cup by now? Yeah, probably. They got to the conference final without him. I think so. They might. Yeah, they might. 
So just shows you how important the draft is for people who, you know, oh, yeah. maybe were wondering why we spent so much time this year when the Sens didn't have a first, second, or third round pick <laughs> in the draft, why we spent so much time. The draft is super fun, and it really does kind of set you up for the next five, ten years of following the league. So yeah. I'm already I'm uh, I'm not already excited for next draft season, but come next May, June, I will be excited for the draft. Uh yeah, I'll probably get excited uh late late june i figure i'll be focused on something else throughout may and early june okay hey by the way FanDuel's put out their odds you want to wrap up with a little FanDuel conversation about the Sens making the playoffs or not did we touch on this already uh i think you tweeted it and i think we talked about the cup odds i don't know if we got into playoff odds but yes our friends at FanDuel uh definitely have those odds out now plus 112 for the senators to make the playoffs i'm ho- i'm hopping in on that absolutely Plus 112. So if you put in $10, you get 12 back. And uh, you can do the math there if uh, if you'd like to get crazy or not. I'm probably going to do five units. A nice 50 burger on it. Five units. Nice. I like that. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, we don't unit shame on this show. Um, we, we, don't, got- we don't fruit shame either. Oh, we, we do. We'll get to that. You got to diversify your portfolio, even in sports betting. Like, you got to have those daily money lines. You got to have a couple props, a couple futures. You need, I, I'll say it, you got to diversify the portfolio. So I like that, Ross. Yeah. Any final thoughts on today's show? Well, you've brought it up again. So I'm not letting you leave it here. Maybe you can bring it up for people watching on YouTube. But your fruit rankings today, Ross, you don't get ratioed that often on yesterday. Twitter or X, but, or yesterday, my bad. Um, but you're getting ratioed hard on this and deservedly. So having watermelon as a six overall with six different fruits is, I don't know what to tell you, man, but we did talk about after there's a big difference between a watermelon slice, like a hot summer day, just diving into a watermelon slice and cubed watermelon like that, like cubed watermelon does not hit the same as a slice of watermelon. So my list goes as follows. This is those fruit trays that you can get at Safeway or Sobeys, wherever you shop. Uh, pineapple, honeydew. No, I, I should do it. Oh. I don't know. I was, I was going counterclockwise, and I just went. went oh, no, don't do that. Do your ranking. Come on now. Okay, pineapple is number People one. know what fruit looks like. Yeah, but they don't know which fruits are in. I was going to list them all, which is counterproductive as well. Okay. Uh, pineapple one, cantaloupe at number two, which is getting mm-hmm. way too much hate blueberries at three strawberries at four honeydew at five and watermelon at six now i can understand the argument for watermelon over honeydew yeah come on that's easy but beyond that i'm pretty confident in my list here's the thing honeydew has to be last and we talked about this too but i'll say it for the audience give me one example in human history that someone has bought honeydew on its own and ate honeydew on its own honeydew is only ever in a group of fruit and i will not hear an argument that someone has bought a honeydew and had honeydew on its own it's not a thing um my rankings would go as followed tweet it at pilsy if you're eating honeydew by itself yeah prove it prove it i want picture evidence um pineapple one i mean that's a great pick you, you don't think uh honeydew has time to develop like these draft picks no I, honeydew is a do not draft for me 
a do not draft. Uh, by the way, I almost got mad at Scott and was like, hey, you snubbed Tyler Clevin. But then I realized they won two and 25. What? I said uh, I almost got mad at him for snubbing Tyler Clevin out of the top 31. Oh, okay. But I decided, you know what? Let him slide. Let, we'll let it slide for now. That's nice for you. Uh, yeah, pineapple, watermelon is number two for me. Uh, I'm going strawberry three, cantaloupe four, blueberry five, and honeydew six, obviously. You don't like – man, I think strawberry over blueberry is a hot take. Is it? I think so. I love blueberries. Blueberries. Right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out my list, and we'll see how mad people get, and we'll, we'll see how this goes. So far, I have – I think it's like three likes and 20 responses or something. It's, it's very mean. I mean, food takes you, you got to expect this. Oh, no, I'm happy. It's eight. Hey, there was too much positivity on, on X uh, today with the, with the redraft stuff. Yesterday. You know what? Yeah. Yesterday. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's just get wild. Let's have some fun. And let's have some fun on Friday. My final thoughts is we've got Stephen Halliday, the disher, the man who all the other interviews we did at dev camp said, we, you got to watch Stephen Halliday. This guy is ready to take another step forward in his development. So we're going to have that conversation with Stephen Halliday on Friday's episode of Locked On Senators. For today, we say goodbye for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.